Hi! Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, former Blue Bomber Keto Pobla stops by to talk about life after football as he's heavily involved in youth football around Manitoba. Also, we'll check in with Stephen George, the president of the Charleswood Hawks, as they are set to pay tribute to Wayne Descower Sunday, January 27th. Finally, the Keystone Curling League. It's Winnipeg's LGBT Curling League. We'll learn about that with their president on the podcast. Joined in studio by Keto Pobla, former Winnipeg Blue Bomber, now doing work in the city. Kathy Kennedy yesterday was doing some uh, talk about shifting to life after football, and so I thought we'd follow that today with Keto. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing well. So it's been how many years since uh, you, I guess, retired from the CFL? <laughs> I haven't officially retired, okay. but uh, it's been four years. Okay. So how did you, I guess, transition from playing football to figuring out what do you want to do after? Uh, you know, um, I was very fortunate to uh, go to uh, Central Michigan University on a full-ride scholarship, and um, I had my undergrad in uh, business management, and then I ended up um, finalizing my uh, education there with my master's in business administration. And so uh, when I had gotten drafted by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in 2011, um, I kind of always knew, uh, you know, your body can only hold up for so long. Uh, so I kind of was uh, already getting ready for a transition out of the pros, but not really. You know, you just you enjoy it for the moment, but then also have to have a, um, uh, a plan B at the same time. So did you know all through your time playing in the CFL that you wanted to work with kids? You know what? It's been a passion of mine. I think of always giving back is kind of like how I've, um, kind of like my own natural element of uh, being able to do what I love and also give it back. So I, I thought working with kids would just be ideal and being able to turn my passion into something that is um, now helping out a lot of kids in the community and in provinces been really a blessing. So explain for those who might not know what it is that you do. Okay, well, uh, I, my program's called uh, Manitoba Selects, and uh, we're a, travel, a provincial travel football team. And uh, we also are paired with a, a group out in Saskatchewan called the South Sass Selects. And um, we basically get the best kids from the province, ages 9 to 15. Um, and we actually uh, go compete in Saskatchewan. We just came back from a trip a couple weeks ago. And uh, then right now we're uh, practicing every week right now, getting ready to go to San Antonio to uh, oh, wow. yeah to go uh, compete versus teams from Mexico, California, Florida, and Texas. That's big time. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So you, uh, you're practicing indoors, I yeah, take it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So when you go to a place like the States, are you playing American-style football? Yeah, exactly. So we're playing four-down football. We're playing NFL rules and... Uh, um, yeah, we're just uh, kind of playing in American style. Okay, and that's is it? Re- There's so many different rules between Canadian and American. Almost every rule that can be different yeah. is different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I guess fundamentally, the game is still the same. Exactly right. So you're totally right. Fundamentally, it, the game is still the same. It's still football. It's why guys from the states can come up to the CFL and still compete. Right. Why is it important for you that kids are active? Um, it's very important because at the end of the day, 
um, especially now and with these the social media and stuff like that and Fortnite and all these other <laughs> games that keeps kids from uh, moving their bodies. It's really important that, you know, um, that they're active, man. And to me, it's uh, especially during the winter months, it's the most important. When they're not in, in season, uh, every pro knows and any person who's actually ex- excelled at any sport knows that you get better during the off season and then you perform during the season. Right. And then is there leadership aspects to the, your uh, group as well? Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's one of the aspects that's really um, emphasized on in our program. Uh, we not only get kids prepared um, for football, but we get them prepared for life. And it's important, like you, we were talking earlier about Adam Bighill, who is now starting to do his financial stuff on the side and understanding that, you know what, like, yes, football's a, a great vehicle and it'll take you a lot of different places and allow you to um, meet a lot of new people. Um, however, at the same time, you are still human and uh, you have to be able to be adaptive. Is that something that's talked about in locker rooms in the CFL, off-field jobs and that sort of thing, preparing for the future? You know what? Unfortunately, not enough, to tell you the truth. I think uh, um, guys get caught up into the moment a lot, and uh, when they realize it's over, it's kind of sometimes a little too late, and it's unfortunate to see some guys who usually go through some form of depression because of it. And, uh, um, you know, uh, I think it's it's a normal cycle, um, you know, when you've been playing something and putting your heart into something for so long. However, at least having something that you can pour yourself into with the same amount of energy that got you to a place, um, you know, in a different uh, field, um, you know, it's uh, something that's alleviating for guys to at least know that, hey, this is not just what I am. I can do other things as well. Do you miss playing football? You know what? I miss playing football, but my body doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you played how many seasons? Um, I played four seasons, three seasons with the Bombers and one season with the BC Lions. And I can imagine, yeah, you took some hits. Yeah, you know, and it's compiled hits, right? Not just pro football, but college football. That's true, yeah. You keep on going, right? So, yeah. How has your, I guess, outlook on life changed from the time you've stopped playing football to where you are today? You know what? I think at the time when I started playing football in the CFL, I was pretty young and I was um, I was making some money and I think it was probably the richest I ever felt. Um, you know, I was young. I came in. I had a nice little signing bonus and um, I had uh, I was just basically single, no kids. And, <laughs> you know, now that, um, you know, I'm with I, I, I met a special lady here in uh, Winnipeg. We've started a family. We bought a house. I started realizing, you know, like. Uh, real life is real life. And so, uh, uh, you know, whole, having different responsibilities allows you to actually pull back and actually see what's really important to you. So. Yeah. Do you still watch the Bombers? Yeah, I do all the time. I actually go to the games often, and I have some friends on the team. Like Adam Bilker, I actually played with him when I was in BC. Okay. Andrew Harris as well. Um, so I know some of the guys, and, you know, when I see them on the field, I'm like, what's up? You know, like, <laughs> like good stuff. And I sometimes feel like, yo, I want to go give him a chest bump and stuff. But, yeah. <laughs> so the kids that you coach, do they talk to you a lot about your time in the CFL? Yeah, you know what? They do. You know, they do, actually. And uh, it's one of the aspects of the program that we feel is uh, allows the kids to be inspired to know, hey, look, you know, um, the thing I love about the CFL as well is that we're so accessible, the players, right? So mm-hmm. it gives the kids the actual real, like, 
it's more of a reality of understanding. Hey, it's close enough that you can touch it yeah, more so than the NFL. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Keto. Well, I appreciate you coming in, uh, sharing your story, and uh, best of luck as you continue through your post-football career. Yeah, awesome, Christian. Thank you. The Charleswood Hawks holding a tribute night for Wayne Descour, the longtime head of the club who passed away in October. His loss felt by many in the community. He was a pillar of minor sports in Manitoba, and so the Hawks will be raising a banner for Wayne that night. Uh, Kelly Moore, I'm seeing that event, by the way. Here to talk about the tribute event is Stephen George, now president of the Charleswood Hawks. Uh, Stephen, explain to those who may not know what Wayne meant to this team and the, the hockey community as a whole. Um, you know, I was asked that question the other day, and I find it really hard to answer because he just meant so much. And, you know, to say he meant everything, uh, you know, could be an understatement because he just did so much for, you know, not only our team, but our league. And, you know, obviously the, uh, the, the, this the community around us as well so i mean you know everything from you know organizing uh you know putting a board of directors together to recruiting players for our team or um you know finding you know top quality coaches or you know just anything uh planning like league awards uh dinners and and banquets and stuff and not to mention the countless hours he spent on the phone where people would call him and just ask him for his opinions or advice on, on different, uh, different topics. So, I mean, it's tough to describe because he pretty much did everything. And it's guys like Wayne that really are the glue that holds minor sports together. (laughs) I am finding that out right now (laughs) as I'm trying to, uh, you know, trying to, uh, you know, fill, fill the position that he held for so long. Um, there's so many, you know, so many little things that, uh, you know, maybe I knew about before, but I just didn't know uh, how much was involved uh, in, in making sure those tasks got done. Um, he's uh, definitely, definitely wore many, many hats. That's for sure. When was your first interaction with Wayne? Um, my first interaction with Wayne, I mean, I'd met him a few times when I was younger because I used to go to the Charles and Hawks games. Uh, just to watch, but uh, my first real interaction with Wayne would have been uh, would have been the summer of uh, 2001, and uh, Wayne had contacted me to come and play for the Charleswood Hawks, and uh, so we had uh, had a meeting, and uh, yeah, the rest is kind of history. And so, over the years, were you always in touch with Wayne after that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I played uh, my last two uh, seasons of junior hockey for the Charles and Hawks uh, under Wayne. And uh, since then, I've uh, been assistant coach for many years and head coach of the team. Uh, and yeah, just I there really wasn't a day that didn't go by where I wouldn't talk to him on the phone, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Why is it important now to honor Wayne's memory with this, both uh, the Wayne Discour Cup that was recently taken place and then the uh, tribute night coming up as well. Yeah. The Wayne Discolor cup, we didn't actually have, uh, we didn't have anything to do with. That was actually the local, uh, local community club within the Assemblyman Park Hockey Association. That was Robin Park community center that took that upon themselves to, uh, to do that. And that was, it was a really nice, really nice thing. We got to be a part of it uh, on Monday nights and Wayne's wife and two sons were there 
to present the the first annual trophy. So that was that was nice. But um, uh, why is it important? I just think uh, I just think that you know we're gonna we're gonna raise a banner uh, in Wayne's name that'll that'll hang at uh, Iroquois Arena. Um, and I think it's important because it just I think it speaks to uh, speaks to the man that he was and what what he, what he meant to meant to us and, and our organization. Um, I think that uh, I think you know a banner, something something like that is kind of the the ultimate tribute I think, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna do our best to make sure it's a, a first class event. That's for sure, one that Wayne would be proud of. After Wayne passed, uh, were you? What was your reaction to all the the outpouring of like messages and support from people that knew him? Uh, well, first of all, I mean, I knew I knew Wayne was very well connected, uh, you know, through through hockey, obviously, and through uh, through through baseball, um, but also, you know, just just people that. You know, just through work, like when he, uh, before he retired, you know, uh, a lot of people that I just, I, I just, I couldn't believe the amount of people um, that were devastated by the news. And uh, like I said, I, I knew, I knew that uh, he was well connected. I just didn't know how far that spread. And so you're anticipating that a pretty full barn for this tribute night? We are. Um, definitely. We are. Uh, you know, uh, uh, we're we're expecting it. Uh, well, I mean, we're also hoping. Uh, we, like I said, we're we, we've put a lot of time and effort into into organizing this. And uh, like I said, it is. You know, we feel like it's the ultimate tribute uh, to Wayne, and uh, we have a, a really really good program uh, scheduled and, and planned for that night. So uh, we're we are hoping to uh, to fill the Iroquois as. You know, Wayne always wanted to see that building as full as possible. So, did you have a game that night, or was it like a, a standalone event? No, we have a game that night. We actually planned it, uh, kind of strategically planned it uh, against the St. James Canucks, and the reason for that is uh, a longtime, longtime friend and uh, one of the founding members of our league, uh, former president and uh, of the St. James Canucks, Tom Miller. Uh, will be on hand for the for the event as well. He was a he was a, a good friend of Wayne's, longtime friend. So uh, we figured that it was very fitting that uh, that the Canucks be a part of that game. Well, we hope that uh, everyone comes out to this event, and we wish you the best of luck, Stephen. And uh, thanks for joining me tonight on the CJB Sports Show. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. And we move along now to the Keystone Curling League. What is it? Winnipeg's LGBT Curling League. Yes, it's part of Out There Winnipeg. Alan Gray, the president of the Keystone League, joins me now on the CGOB Sports Show. Alan, how long has this league been around? It has been around, I believe, 13 years. Okay. And I I guess what was the genesis for creating this group? Um, Well, 13 years ago, um, uh, like the LGBT community, we, we faced a lot of just uncomfortable, like an, an uncomfortable being, uncomfortable environment, just being themselves. And so when Keystone was created, it was to, to give those people of our community a place where they can come have fun and just be themselves and enjoy curling. 
And has that uncomfortability changed since? And I, I, I can see the timeline here. 13 years ago yeah. was right around the time when gay marriage was legalized in Canada. But has that kind of environment changed since then? Um, I think it. I think it has um, to a certain extent. But there's still, even within our community, you know, there's so many different facets. Like there's the there's the lesbian, there's the gay, there's the transgender, there's the non-binary. All of those those communities within that umbrella, certain parts of those communities still have those uncomfortable the uncomfortable feeling just being themselves within a within a certain like a sporting environment. So we still we're we're still needed in that particular sense. But I do see that you know it's not as bad as it was so this is then a kind of a safe space then for people to get together and have a fun time yeah it's a safe place for the uh, for the community to come and enjoy and you know we ha- we don't we have allies as well that that play with us so not everyone is lgbt but you know the large majority of them are and this is b- more than just curling right there's out there winnipeg where there are a, a wide number of sports and recreation opportunities Right. So as, a, as the president of Keystone, I am part of uh, Out There Winnipeg, which is an overarching umbrella for all different sports within Canada, within Winnipeg for the LGBT community. Um, so we're trying to uh, you ha- have environments for each sport where the community can come together and, again, have a safe space to participate. How many people are in the Keystone League? We uh, we have 24 teams plus about 10 to 12 uh, spares. So there's uh, four four to five people per team. So you're looking at over 100. It's a pretty big group. Yeah. And uh, so that means that you have a lot of people that are enjoying curling here too. Right. We're one of the uh, – you would say – we could say that we're probably one of the few leagues within Winnipeg that is growing. Um, we've grown year after year. For the last five years, we've had more people join us. Are there any special outfits for this league? When you say outfits like costumes and stuff? Yeah. No, you can just be yourself. <laughs> if you want to come dress up, we're not going to, we're not going to kick you out. Okay. But how competitive is it? Um, it ranges because we have we have those people that are fairly competitive, and then we have those people that are just there for fun. Okay. I mean, my my team, for instance, we're there for fun because we haven't won a game yet this <laughs> season. So you know, this is a developing year for us, but okay. um, we're having a, we're having a good time. Yeah. we do have we do have people that are fairly competitive, and we do send one person one team a year to the national. Canadian Gay Curling National Championships. So, yeah, we do have the, that competitive level as well. Okay. So there's different divisions then? Yes. We have okay. four different divisions. Okay. What's your team name? Because I've looked at some of the team names, and there are some fantastic double entendres in these team names. <laughs> uh, my team name is the Wiener Dogs. The Wiener Dogs. Okay. Because <laughs> we have what? We've got the Ice is Right. That's good. Rock Me Harder. E equals yep. MC Hammer. That's good. Uh, yes. This curl is on fire. Yes. <laughs> and I think my personal favorite is Broom for Improvement. Yes, 
<laughs> room for improvement as well. Yeah, there's, we we tend to we tend to encourage names that have the double entendres. And there's a lot of options in curling. You could do like sweep you off your feet or rock me gently or hog wild or this house is rocking, you know? Yeah, no, all of those. All of those it, it's very interesting to see those people that come from other cities for our bond seal, which is in February, um, what names they come up with. So so that bond spiel, is that the Bison Cup? That is the Bison Cup. Okay. Yes, it's held the long weekend of February. Okay, and that's... So you have people from the LGBT community, curling community from other cities coming to Winnipeg? Correct. Okay. Uh, how, in the history of that, I guess, how many teams do you get out? Is it pretty busy? Um, we Currently, we our registration is still open until the 25th, but we have 20 teams registered so far. And that's a fairly average number. We're, we're a little bit higher than we have been in the past. Okay. How long have you curled for? I have curled seven years. Okay. And how has your game, I guess, improved since you started? Has it improved? It has improved. Um, I um, I came out when I was 40 years old, and the first organization I, I became a part of was the was Keystone. Um just because I wanted to meet people in the in the community, so um, I never curled before. I am Canadian, but I lived in the state of Texas for 27 years. So when I moved back, I was I'm going to learn how to curl, and so you know, seven years later, I'm president of the league, and I I was in the A division when we started, but haven't obviously I'm not this year. So. <laughs> What position do you play? I, I this is my first year as skip, so okay. I've kind of started as, as lead and moved my way up. So okay, so life in Texas then, how different is that from living in Winnipeg? Um, well, I mean, it's Canada, right? Yeah. So you're, you're going from not very much snow to a lot of snow. Um, very conservative uh, environment to a little less conservative. So, yeah, it's, I mean, and I wasn't out when I was in, in Texas, so I, I can't comment on that. But, um, yeah, I feel more, way more comfortable up here being out and uh, enjoying, enjoying my true self. So why did you come back to Canada? Um, well, my company moved me to Chicago, and then I promptly was laid off. And then at that point, I was like, like Mom, Dad, I can't, uh, I can't afford to live in Chicago anymore. So, um, All right. Anything else you want to add, Alan? No, that uh, we have our social t- uh, going on tomorrow at the uh, Met. Um, tickets are $15, and you can get them at the door. And that supports our um, it, that supports the team that we send to, to Nationals in Ottawa in March. Okay, well, best of luck tomorrow. Have a great time, and uh, thanks for joining me tonight. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mell and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes, not available on Google Podcasts, not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts yet.